Resurrection life is all about that it's stirred but not shaken that life stirs you up but at the end of the day you're not moved somebody say amen amen, amen. I want you to open your Bible if you brought it and if you didn't just look at the screen because we got them put it right up there but Acts 2 verse 22 through 24 we're going to read it from the message Bible this morning Acts 2 22 through 24 it says fellow Israelites listen carefully to these words Jesus the Nazarene, a man thoroughly accredited by God to you, the miracles and wonders and signs that God did through him are common knowledge. This Jesus, following the deliberate and well-thought-out plan of God, was betrayed by men who took the law into their own hands. And he was handed over to you, and you pinned him to a cross and killed him. But God untied the death ropes. God raised him up. Death was no match for him. Oh, come on, somebody. Death was no match for him. Man, I tell you what, if you've got a Bible, I want you just to hold it up in the air right now. Just lift it right up. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Say, I choose to do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, say, I'll never be the same. Shout it out. Never, never, never. In Jesus name. Come on, give God one more praise today. Think about it. You pinned him to a cross. You killed him. But death was no match for him. He was stirred, but not shaken. I said he was stirred, but not shaken. Verse 24 in the Amplified says, but God raised him up, liberating him from the pangs of death, seeing that it was not possible for him to continue to be controlled or retained by it. It was impossible for him to continue to be controlled by death. It was impossible for him to continue to be controlled or retained by death. Something in the process stirred him but it couldn't shake him. Death was no match for him. Talk about a train wreck. In the eyes of the masses, think about the followers of Jesus as he hung and died on that tree when they carried his body and put it in a borrowed tomb. They thought they had just been defeated. But the one, Jesus, walking out the front door of a borrowed tomb, well, he was singing, no chains on me. He come up out of there and he, he just demonstrated Satan's defeat. He is absolutely humiliated hell. If you understand resurrection life, it doesn't really get started until something treasured dies. Resurrection life, that's what Jesus came to connect us to. A lot of times I think we think that, you know, eternal life you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And, and, and it's great stuff, but we, we lock onto it and, and we stop so short. Because we, we just, we settle in that someday when I die, I'll go to heaven for eternity. And that's nice, but there's a whole chunk of life between now and the time you die. And eternal life doesn't start when you're dead. It starts when you're born again. And the enemy doesn't want you to understand that. 
The world secular system doesn't want you living resurrection life. But I'm here today to tell you that death has no control on you. That you've got resurrection life. If you are in Christ, ask your neighbor, are you in Christ? Death does not have a hold on you. Life stands back up again. It may stir you, but it doesn't need to shake you. Hello? You know, revelation knowledge, what we need today, we don't really need a lot of information, but we just need a moment of revelation. We need a moment of transformation. We need to be changed from the inside out by the knowledge of God's word. That God has a plan for your life. And life is like a giant. Life comes at you from all different angles and at all different times. And it can cause you to be confused. And it can cause you to feel broken and depleted. But the reality is, is that God has a life to, to spring up inside of you. So that at the end of a mess, your life is better than it would have ever been had the mess not occurred. That's resurrection life. That after death has wore itself out, life stands back up again. That when, when the enemy's done everything he can to hurt you, and, and, and I'm not saying it doesn't hurt, but at the end of the chapter, just before they turn the page, you pop back up again. And you got this life that begins to permeate through your entire being. And you recognize that, you know what? With God on my side, if I will stand on the word of God and not be shaken, if I'll allow life to stir me, it can change me and it'll motivate me. And the word of God will empower me to do and to see some things I would have never seen had the tragedy and the trouble not actually occurred. Luke chapter 15, I want to read verse 1 through 5. Luke chapter 15 is kind of cool. It's called the lost chapter. There's, it talks about coins and it talks about sheep and it talks about a son and all of these things that are lost. One was lost naturally, one was lost accidentally, the other was lost willfully. But in Luke chapter 5, we read a story where, that, where the word of God literally changed everything in the lives of his followers. And it says, it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon. He prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down, taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and lower your net for a haul. And Simon answered and said to him, master, we toiled all night. And we've taken nothing. But on the ground of your word, I will lower the net again. See, I, I want today to show you that that... that what resurrection life's all about is a collision between expectation and reality. And a door swings open. See, some of us, we have expectations and we have a mindset and we have a picture and we have a vision, we have a hope and we have a dream, but then life shows up. And life collides with our expectation. Reality sometimes crushes the dream that's inside of us. And it's at that moment of the collision that a door swings open. And really, it's a door to decision. You have to decide at that moment, are you going to trust God? Are you going to stand on his word regardless of what it looks like, feels like, smells like? Or are you going to just buy into the picture that you currently see? 
Are you willing to cave in, give up and quit? Or will you take a stand? Will you let life stir you but not be shaken? Or will you be shaken so hard by life that you lose your grip and that you lose control and that you lose your dream? Think about these fishermen and, and they're out there and, and they're listening to Jesus talk and, and you know the story, they're washing empty nets. In their world, in their mind, it was over. We had, we had worked hard, we worked all night, we got nothing, but we're gonna have to settle for that in our life. But Jesus had been teaching them and they begin to not have information, but they begin to have transformation. They begin to, to, to grab and to wrap their heart around some revelation. It says that they pressed in to hear the word of the Lord. They didn't just sit and listen. They pressed in to hear and to understand. See, a lot of us, what we've done is that we've been so tired out and so worn out that when, when, when we hear the word of God, we just kind of listen. But we've got to get a passionate desire to press into the word of God so we can hear. Because the end of the story isn't the end of the story unless the guy who's writing the story says this story's over. God's in control. He's got a different picture. He's got a different, you know, exit strategy for you. And these guys had heard the word that Jesus had taught them. And, and, he, and he started making different choices than he would have made had he not heard. He said, you know what? On the ground of your word, we'll launch out again. We thought we were done, but we're not done because you just said, let's go. And if you read the whole story, you find out that they had so many fish in their net that it almost sunk their boat. I got a question for you today. Are you satisfied washing an empty net or are you willing to get out there into the deep to where Jesus almost sinks your ship? I'm telling you that the plan that God has for your life and the future that God has for each and every one of you, even though today it might seem as if it's over, it ain't over till he says we're done. I'm here today to tell you that life may have shaken you and you may feel empty and you may feel shattered, but God's word is going to cause life, resurrection life to come back inside of you and to begin to pump through every vessel in your body. Your vein is going to feel the power of God and you're going to rise up one more time. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not done yet. This is what God life is all about. Stirred, but not shaken. Back to Acts in chapter 2, verse 25 through 28, David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. For you have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. What a great passage. You know, you gotta realize that David wrote this passage on a day that he felt like he was going through hell. It turned out to be a prophecy concerning Jesus, but it started out very much the true life story of a man of God. It, you know, it's in the, in, in the day of the, just one day in the life of God's man. And he writes this out and, and he makes these incredible statements. But he says, you know what? I will not be shaken because the Lord's always here. The Lord hasn't left you. The Lord hasn't forsaken you. Isn't it funny, in the middle of trouble, in the middle of chaos, we act as if we're on our own. We're never on our own. He said, I'd never leave us, never forsake us. The Lord, Psalms 118 says, the Lord is on my side. It's not talking about he's on my team. He's on my side. 
I'm not going through this life alone. And because my eyes are always on you, I will not be shaken for you will not leave my soul in hell for you will make known to me the ways of life. There's a mindset that can kind of get us into trouble. Belief systems that, that can kind of manipulate and control us. And one of them that I want to share with you today, and, and, and you know, we've talked about it before, but it's that mindset that says God is in control. God is in control. He's only in control of the areas of your life that you're in total surrender to him. See, a lot of us are waiting for God to do some things, but we don't realize that God is waiting for us to play our role. He wants us to get back up again. He said, you will show me the path of life. He doesn't show you the path of life so you can look at it. He shows you the path of life so you can walk on it. He shows you the path of life so you can take a few steps and get headed down it and lead you out of where you are to where he needs you. The path of life. He said, you won't leave my soul in hell. You'll show me the path of life. So the path of life leads from hell to heaven. It leads from death to life. It leads from trouble to triumph. The pathway of life is going to lead you out of the mess that your life is in. But you've got you've to participate. You've got to get involved. And you've got to tar- start taking some steps. Amen? Think about it. The path of life. The path of life. We need to wrap our mind around the, 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 the reality that God has empowered me to do something. Not to wait on him to do everything, but for me to participate in this victorious life that he's called me to. I can't just sit here and wait. I've got to get involved. I've got to make sure that I'm on the, on, on the right trail, that I'm taking the right steps. I need to realize that God will achieve more through a mess than if a mess had never happened. So the kingdom of God is all about recovery from a mess. It's not a flawless, static perfection that's being offered to you. The world is wired this way. Remember Jesus said, in this world, there's going to be tribulation. But be of good cheer. There's chaos. But yet his glory is revealed as he leads us down the path of life, a path of recovery from disaster and showing his children that in redemption, they receive a better outcome than they had in their current condition. See, we're focusing on the trouble and we're focusing on the pain and we're focusing on the hurt, but resurrection life is gonna lead you out of that. And you are going to demonstrate Satan's defeat as you take another step. You, you might be at the threshold of insane breakthrough in your life, but you just, you just have to refuse to just sit and, and wait. No, you got to get up on your feet and you got to ask God, okay, what's the pathway of life for me? What's the next step for my life? I want to walk with you, Lord. I know that my final outcome is better than my current condition, so I'm not going to just sit here. Realize that this is how you and I get to heaven. This is how you and I are now seated at the right hand of the Father. Once upon a time, you were just going to wander around in a garden with a walking snake, but man fell from God and God came up with a redemptive plan. And he said, you know what? I'm going to make it better than it was before they messed up. See, the enemy doesn't want you to know that. The enemy wants you to look at your fault and your failure and your shortcoming. And he wants you to see the mistakes you've made. And he wants you to feel the weight of life that you've taken on yourself. He doesn't want you to know that God has a master plan. That no matter how bad you've messed up, you can't mess up his plan. 
He can walk you out of any situation. He can walk you out of any storm. He can lead you right into the right into the center of triumphant victory if you'll just continue to walk with him. Think about it. We have the exact same inheritance as Jesus Christ. We're now seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. That wasn't Adam's original destiny, but resurrection life has come as a result of the chaos. I think sometimes we think that the gospel, that's what we needed when we got saved, but you need the gospel as much when you're 20 years saved, 30 years saved, as you did the day you got saved. We need the word of God. You know, if we've learned anything, we've learned that not very many of us are going to live a life that doesn't have stumblings in it. Very few of us are going to live a life that's mistake-free. Very few. Just let that sink in. But you know, the day, that day, I think most of us could come up with that day, that day that we, we did something really stupid. The day we responded when we should have been quiet. The day we acted the way we knew we shouldn't. The day we made those choices, the day that happened, that day is not the end of life. Somebody say amen. You know, I know some of you guys pretty well, and you should be waving hankies right about now. This is not the disaster that's going to wipe you out. Because you can come back again. You can get back up again. You can be stirred, but not shaken. See, this morning you might be down, but before you leave this auditorium, you can get up again. You can be stirred, but not shaken. You, you might have been knocked down, but only for a moment. It might have stirred you, but it doesn't have to shake you. Maybe you've lost your job. Well, guess what? You'll get a better one. Maybe the doctor says you're dead. Well, guess what? God says you're going to live. Maybe, maybe the family says you're an idiot, and maybe they're right, but God can give you wisdom. There's always hope. Look at your neighbor and say, wow, I'm glad you're here. I think it's amazing how big life is. It's a giant. It's a giant. We tell our kids, you know, we're just trying to be a good parent, just trying to love them, just trying to encourage them. You can do anything you want to do. It's kind of the wrong message. Because really, in reality, that's part of our problem is that we can do anything we want. But what we need to do is the one thing that we were formed of God and created of God to do. We need to remember that this giant that, that's trying to take us out, we have an enemy and he's not, the, the enemy's not trying to hurt you. He's trying to kill you. He's not trying to, you know, just to mess up your day. He's trying to wipe it out. You know, he's trying to, to steal your voice and trying to rob you of your future and your faith and your family. And, he, and he's serious. I know a lot of people, well, you know, I'm just not going to be all that serious right now about this God thing. Well, your enemy is this serious about taking you out of this God thing. Your enemy realizes that, you know, in the big picture, in the big scope of life, that you really don't have as long as you think you do. And the enemy knows that if he can keep you, you know, busy and, and, and with sideshow distractions and fighting and struggling to deal with issues that don't really matter, if he can get you to waste time, that just that of itself one day will be such a burden. But see, God's not nervous. 
God's not, God's not freaked out. God doesn't look at your life and go, oh me. He, he doesn't look at your situation and think, whew, we better back away from that one. Oh, God's looking at you thinking, man, the moment you want, the moment you want to turn your eyes this way, the moment you want to open your, your ear and, and, and hear and understand, I can walk you into real life. Do you know how frustrating that must be for hell? I mean, think about it. You know, you know in hell, they've had meetings regarding you. And they've sat around the table and, and, they've, and they've schemed and they've planned. How are we going to keep this one from, from connecting to God? Life? You know, we, we've, we've sown lies into his heart and into his mind. And we've told him that, you know, later on in life, you know, I'll serve God tomorrow or, or I'll, I'll get real about that tomorrow. This, this thing won't hurt. Everybody's doing it. But he's starting to mature a little bit and grow up through some of that stuff. And, and, and you, we're throwing everything we can at it. You know, we're going to throw sickness and we're going to throw disease and we're going to we're going to throw chaos and we're going to throw trouble out but you know how frustrating it must be that in the back of their mind they know that the moment God speaks clearly into your life their control is over all it takes is one moment for you to recognize the Lord is always right here He's always right here. And when I'm with him, I cannot be shaken. I mean, think about, think about some of the great men of the Bible. You know, David, he's a, he's a king. He's a nobleman. He's a worship leader, a songwriter. He, he's an awesome guy. I, you know, you read the story of David, and I think we ought to hunt him down and shoot him. He's got 500 wives, but he's on his rooftop one day and he sees his friend's wife who's only got one. And so he takes her and, you know, he sleeps with her and she gets pregnant. He's trying to cover it up. So he ends up killing his friend. He kills him. He's a murderer. You know, he, he's greedy. He, he, he's totally out of control. But if you jump to the end of the story, you find out where... God's resurrection life is bigger than the issue that David created. I know even in the church that there's some things, you know, when we rank sin, you know, differently, you know, chewing gums down here. You know, I didn't wear a jacket today, so, you know, I got a little mark against me there. In reality... There's things in your life that the enemy would love you to think are the worst things. Resurrection life is, would just be a dream for you. But the truth is, see, it doesn't make any difference where you're at today. If you make a decision, it says, you know what? He's going to show me the path of life. I'm going to take a step and walk into the path of life with him. You know, the worst and the best thing that ever happened to David is when a prophet showed up and turned the lights on. It's kind of a relief the day that everything comes out into the light. And even though there's pain, 
with coming out into the light is sweeter pain than the pain of hiding and living in the dark. God is so interested in rescuing your soul from hell that he'll force you into the light, giving you a chance to make everything right so he can lead you to the path of life. The path of life is repent and believe. Repent and believe. You know, that's not a real popular message these days. We want to get counseling and have some sociological endeavor so we can just talk it out and work it out. But the reality is you can talk about it all you want. It won't work out until you repent. I think it's Psalm 51. David cried out and he said, God, what have I done? I've wrecked everything. God said, son, it's okay because I know how to fix everything. It's not about just waiting and hoping that God's going to bring about some great reversal. It's not about expecting God to double everything that life has stolen from you unless you get involved in the process. We've got to walk this path of life. He showed David a road out and David made a statement. He said, against you and you only have I sinned. David come to a realization That the target in life is our God relationship. A lot of other things we're shooting at. But the target in life, the bullseye is when you're in sync with God. The target in life is not when we have enough money to do what we want not when we have the possessions that make us feel good about ourselves. Not when we find relationships that always make us feel a certain way. But the target of life is when on the inside of me, I have a relevant relationship with a living God who can guide me through any circumstance. See, without God, there's a, there's a great opportunity for the enemy to convince me certain things are over, that it's finished, that it's done, that I can't live through the disaster, that the catastrophe's too great, that, 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 that it's just wrecked, it's time to just move on. But with God on the inside of me, and that, that, that voice, that still small voice that leads me and guides me, he has the ability to say, take one more step. Take one more step, just like he did with Peter. You know, come on, Peter. Launch out one more time. Launch out one more time. You know everybody standing on the shore was yelling at him, Peter, this is a waste of time. This is a waste of time. You know how to fish. He's a preacher. Don't listen to the preacher. You're a fisherman. You know fishing. Don't do it, Pete. You're wasting your time. Isn't that kind of how the world yells out at us? Come on, don't live God life. They're just trying to rip you off. They're just trying to manipulate you. Don't do it, guys. Don't, don't, don't live for God in high school. You, you'll, you'll miss your, your, the best years of your life. Isn't it funny that the enemy brings up this is the best years of your life? You ought to be living it for God. 
They're standing on the shore yelling, you're not going to get anything. You've tried it, everything. You went for that and you got nothing. But if you can hear that voice and he says, come on, trust me, go out one more time. Launch out into the deep. Launch out into the deep. Get away from the shore. Get away from all those other voices. Get away from all that other stuff. Put your life in my hand. Realize what I've got, what I've got for you is going to change everything. Everything in your world, everything in your world can change in an instant. There's not one dream that you've given up on that you need to walk away from. There's not one chunk of your life that you need to just conclude, I guess that's over. I guess we ended that. It's time to move on. You know what? God can bring life back to all of it. He can breathe hope and future into any situation. But you have to be willing to walk the path of life. You can't cave in and give up and quit because all of a sudden it got tough. Life's a giant. You got to take it out. You got to be willing to take it on. You got to be willing to live it. I love John 10, 10. The thief came to steal, to kill, destroy. But I've come to give you life. I came to give you life. I came to give you life. No matter where you're at today, no matter what you're dealing with today, Jesus, I believe the Holy Spirit brought you into this room today to tell you it ain't over yet. It ain't over yet. That dream that you were giving up on, wait a minute. Give me a moment with it. That vision that you thought was shattered, whoa, 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 hold on. God's got another word for you. But you don't understand, Tom, I've made a mess of my life. Well, you don't understand. All of us have. All of us have. We've all done some stupid things and made some crazy choices. We've all lived life out from under the blessing of God. But yet the arms of God are open today. I love what David said. You will not leave my soul in hell. You won't leave me where you find me. You love me where I am, but too much to leave me here. I don't have to go out of this room today and try to figure this thing out on my own. I can be stirred, but not shaken. I can get back up again. I can re-engage in life. I can hook up to the life that God's called me to, equipped me for, and created me to demonstrate Satan's defeat in. I can have life resurrection style. That's the message that we have for you today. It's that God's calling your name. God speaking into your situation. God wants to lead you out of the pit. He wants to bring you out of the trouble and lead you into triumph. He wants to lead you out of a catastrophe and help you unveil a masterpiece. He wants you to be empowered by God to demonstrate Satan's defeat, to live a lifestyle that's an absolute humiliation to hell. 
Think about, think about the story you're going to have when you stand up and say, you know what? As for me and my house, we're serving God. Hell broke out against us, tried to tear us apart, you know, bankruptcy, divorce, sickness, and disease. But yet here we stand and we've got victory in Jesus. Think about the testimony that's being created in the backdrop of your life. Think about what it's going to do to hell when they find out, ain't got no chains on me. What's going to happen when you realize I am part of a chosen generation and my God will not be moved. And when he called me out of darkness and translated me into the marvelous light of his dear son, it was both the worst day and the best day of my life. It kind of hurts to come out into the light and to realize and recognize and admit I have sinned. I have fallen short. I've made a mess. But yet on the other hand, it's the light of the gospel that's going to lead me into real life and real living. Today I want to challenge you. Refuse to live a normal life. Refuse to live a normal life. I'm hurting on the inside. There's healing that can way take care of that. Well, I've struggled and made failures in the past. You're going to have victory in your future. Refuse to live a normal life. Refuse to just pack up and leave this building the way you came. Refuse that. Because there's a power that's present. That has the ability to change everything. In you, with you, for you, and in spite of you. If you'll open up your eyes and allow him to show you the path of life. If you'll stop focusing on the death. And realize it's not over yet. They thought they had him. They pinned him to a tree. They killed him. But death was no match for him. If you're in Christ, suddenly death is no match for you. Death is no match for you. When the world says you're finished, you stand up and say, oh, just one more moment. You're not going home hopeless. We refuse to let you. We have a hope meter. You're going to walk through it. If it doesn't ping the bell, we're dragging you back in here. (laughs) You will leave here stirred, not shaken. And until you get your stamp, don't leave this room. I want to ask you to do me a favor. I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads. I want you to know that God is serious about leading you out of trouble into triumph. God is serious about pumping life into a situation that's just overwhelmed by chaos. God is serious about bringing hope to you today. It doesn't make any difference if you've been born again 31 times or you've never heard the name of Jesus. The reality is, is that today at this moment, God wants 
to release revelation into you. He wants resurrection life to flow into your situation. God wants to change your life today. I want to ask you a question. Are you here today and you're separated from resurrection life? Death and chaos and trouble become such a burden in your life that you feel that you're living it without hope? Are you here today and you maybe something in the message you've just heard one word and it's triggered something on the inside of you and you're believing God for the ability to get back up again? Life has stirred you and you almost lost it. But yet, you can get back on your feet again today if Jesus meets you in this room. If that's you, right now, in just a moment, we're all going to pray. And I know this is tough. I know it's a big room. But right now, if that's you, what I want you to do, I just want you to use those legs you've gotten and, and push, push on your feet and push yourself up to the standing position. You say, okay, I'm on, I'm, on my, I'm on a journey. I'm getting back up again. And I'm going to start right where I'm at today. And I'm, I'm going to stand up on my two feet. And I'm going to say, you know what? I, I refuse to be shaken. I refuse to sell out short. I refuse to settle for what I've got. I'm going for resurrection life today. Just stand up right where you are. Come on, guys. I need hope. I need strength. I need relationship. I need life. I don't want to be broken anymore. I don't want to be hurt anymore. I don't want to be disappointed anymore. I want the life that God offers me today. And I'm willing to stand up on my feet and make a move towards God. God has resurrection life for you, but it requires your participation. Do you have what it takes? Are you going to go home just the way you came in? And maybe you can even blame it on God when you get there. You can say, you know what? I went down there, that auditorium, and I walked in there, and nothing happened. It's because you haven't participated yet. Come on, do you have, if you're going to tackle life, you got to get a backbone. There's many standing, but there's more in this room that need to push themselves up to that position and say, okay, I'm coming after you, God. I, I want you to show me the pathway of life. I'm not going to do life my way. I'm coming after life your way, God. We're going to wait for just a moment. Come on, stand to your feet and say, that's me. That's me. I, 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 want, I want real life. I don't want to inhale and exhale. I want the God life that's offered to me through relationship with Jesus Christ. I want the real deal. I've settled short. And maybe, maybe you have a relationship with God, but you know it, this, isn't, this isn't resurrection life that you're living. You're not demonstrating Satan's defeat. You've been defeated and you've been broken and you're hurting and you're ready for real health and healing to flow in you. Join these who are standing. Right now, you guys who are standing and you think, man, that was tough. I, I can't believe it. Here I am. I'm standing. I, I can't believe it. So you're just kind of proud of myself. I'm even on my two feet. Wait till you hear what's next. And we're going to start clapping and you're going to make your way out and you're going to line up right across the front here so I can pray with you. Come on, guys, give them a hand as they come. Just make your way out and get down here. Oh, come on. We're committed to your victory and we rejoice with you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Life's never going to be the same again.
never going to be the same again. It's never going to be the same again. Praise God. So awesome. We're going to stand in agreement with you and these guys behind you. They're going to reach their hands out and we're going to pray. And then I'm going to give you a, a, an opportunity to, to, to get off the front line and be a little bit less embarrassing. And I'll have the worship team come and we'll sing and you won't miss anything. But, what I, but we just want to take a minute and pray for you. But before we get there, I want to pray for each and every one of you. Because I want to tell you, every one of you, that the devil's lied to you. He's lied to you. He's told you that where you are, this is the best it's ever going to be. And you probably should have quit sooner than you did. But I'm here today to tell you that God has real life for you. Real joy and real peace and real strength and real hope. And today the enemy's losing his grip on your life. You're going to walk out of this place and I'm, oh man. death was no match for him and the issue of your life it's just not a it's just not a big problem for god god is going to solve it he's going to strengthen you he's going to give you hope and he's going to give you future and he's going to lead you and guide you and and, and you're going to you're going to be so amazed at what god does in your life i just want to pray for you father i just thank you for every one of these people who are standing right here today god i just thank you that because of you Every one of us in this room, we have hope. Because of what you did, the price that you paid. Now we're not separated from you, but we're seated at the right hand of the Father. We're in Christ and we have insane victory because of you. And today I pray that the Holy Spirit would do a work in each and every one of my brother and sister's lives that, that you would begin to reveal to them the greatness of the life that you have created them for. And that the chains of bondage that the enemy tried to wrap around their lives, that they would come off right now in Jesus' name. And that they'd be liberated and set free by the power of Jesus Christ. That resurrection life would flow through each and every one of them in a new supernatural way. God, we give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.